The Jazz with a blowout win, Tim Lacombe with Jake Scott. What do we got, guys? Well, I, I thought the, uh, the objective was met. Uh, they, you said it early in the game, and the Jazz never trailed. They, they just did what they were supposed to do. Joe Ingles continues to shoot it through a double hula hoop. It's crazy. Crazy right now. And, uh, again, the ball movement offensively was terrific. I just uh, I love it. I think my play of the game, though, Rudy from the high post. The wheel, he kept it, scored it. Drove like two or three oh, yeah. dribbles. That was beautiful. A nice move. I'm just bummed we didn't get to the 30-point uh, bell. Who was it? Yeah, let's play it. Let's do Who it. Are you bang the, the bell again? Let's do it. Let's find out. Sexton right wing three. Good! Colin Sexton. Well, the way you beat a zone is to knock down shots. And the Cavs are hitting three balls tonight. Colin Sexton up to 30 points in the ball game. And the Cavaliers' lead is 25. I think this is one of the most interesting stories in the league, actually. Now, Zach Levine was hurt tonight, and they're so they're a little limited. But Chicago's five and ten since they made that trade. Colin Sexton rang the thirty-point bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Bulls. I don't think it's working out quite like they wanted it to. They're they're moving down, not up, David. I think. Yeah. So point. now they're twenty-four and thirty-four. So they're ten games under five hundred. It was the Carter Olenek deal. That's what we're going to refer to it instead That's of Oladipo. That's right. That's my point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean. Hey, we listen. We listen. We're here. Um, by the way, did you see that? How will Neto shut down Steph Curry tonight? What defined shut down? Seven of twenty-five, eighteen points. I don't hey, think, that's that's I don't not think bad. Neto was guarding him. Maybe Russell was though. Considering how well he's uh, he's played, well, it's his first game under thirty points in eleven. Yeah. Is that right? I mean, what's really interesting is the amount of teams, by the way, who once we play them and beat them, then they take off. No, Memphis and Dallas both did that this year, but the Eastern Conference playing game just got really interesting. So, with the outcomes of tonight's games, because our game was interesting, so I'm just gonna we're gonna talk about something else. Um, so Washington is now in the playing game. That's a scary thought. That is amazing, actually. So Washington, and, and I, I think I shared this on the air. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing it, but I'm about to do it again. So I was texting with Scott Brooks, who I've just known forever. Um, I mean, back to his playing days. And uh, before we played them, and I was like, you know, you're doing, I kind of said to him, like, help me out. Like, statistically, you're doing everything right. You have the number one, like, defensive shot distribution. I said, like, what? Like, what's like, why not? Why is it not working? And he actually texted me back and said, like, oh, COVID ripped us apart. And if you actually kind of, he said, if you kind of dig into a little bit more, he says, do it. He gave me a hard time, right? He wasn't actually, he was like, do more, look more. If you dig deeper, we're actually fine. So he kind of knew it when we played them that he's like, if we're healthy and we're together, we're all right. But they're now a half game ahead of the Raptors who've won four in a row. So the Raptors are making this last valiant effort to get in um with they and they beat brooklyn today so the play-in game is getting worth it that one's getting interesting like if washington my washington indiana miami charlotte right now would be the playing game in the east be more interesting than their playoffs so is that two two teams under 500 that's uh it would be three teams under three 500 under it's five. the eastern conference wrong yeah that's the point i was making yeah i mean like wait what, 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 you want to play a fun game today I'm always up for a fun game. All right. Who would you rather play right now? The Atlanta Hawks are the fourth seed 
in the Eastern Conference. Okay? Okay. So let's play. Who would you rather play in a playoff series? The Atlanta Hawks or the Sacramento Kings? Kings. Okay. The Atlanta Hawks or the New Orleans Pelicans? Certainly tougher, but I'd, well. I might go Hawks there. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta Hawks. I mean, our matchup. Atlanta Hawks or the Golden State Warriors? Probably Golden State because they're a one-man show. What's it? Yeah, their one man show is not as good as their one man show. I, I, right now, that 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 one man show in in the Bay Area, I'm scared real, to death. Yeah, of that. exactly. Yeah, but with no Wiseman, and I mean, I no, guess no just, Wiseman's why they're winning, Jake. Yeah, that's probably you true. get rid of the rookie, you start to win. Rookies don't help you win. <laughs> Draft picks do not score, and they're even worse when you actually have to get them. Like they rookies do. Like Kevin Pelton did this incredible project that basically, if a team wants to win, they should redshirt every rookie. Now, I don't want to, to step on your point here, David, but Donovan did go to the second round as a rookie. Um, yes, that is true. They don't win very often unless they're really, really special. Okay. I just thought okay. I'd throw Sa- that San Antonio out. or Atlanta? San Antonio. San Antonio. Memphis or Atlanta? Atlanta. Really? Mem- Memphis. Jaron Jackson coming back. Dallas, Portland, enough said. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's their fourth seed. Yeah. These stinks. No, I agree with you. That's their their fifth seed is the Knicks. Like whoever, like, I know the Knicks have won seven in a row and everyone's all excited, but like it's fine. But Atlanta and New York are playing right now. It's tied at one eighteen. Trey Young got hurt. I mean, the Knicks. Atlanta might not be. You know, they're healthy. They got Bogdanovich and Capella and Herder and. Co- I mean, they got players, but not really. I would like it if one of these teams beat Phoenix. That would be nice. Yeah, well, one of those Eastern. Boston's teams. gonna get them tomorrow night. I bet. Why? They're all hurt too. Yeah, back-to-back, though. Isn't Boston playing tonight? Let's check. No, Boston's not playing tonight. I saw John Corrales tweet out their injury report, though. It's like every single player is not playing. Including Tatum and Brown? Uh, they were all questionable. Let me see if I can find John Corrales and see what he tweeted. Because that would be, I mean, that would be the key right there, right? Um, let's see what he's, let's see what we had here. Earlier today, I thought he tweeted out the injury report. Wow, he is a proficient tweeter. Um, did Boston, you sure Boston didn't play today? Uh, I just looked at the scoreboard and I didn't see him. Oh, no, something else. All right. Uh, this is really good radio right here. It is, yeah, solid. You waited, Tim, Here we go. Hum us some Here's music. Ron, what are you up to? Jalen Brown, <laughs> Brown is doubtful. Okay. Evan Fournier is out. Jason Tatum is questionable. Kemba Walker is probable. And Robert Williams is out. Mm, that is bleak. That's their five starters. Yeah, that is bleak. Suns are just walking. Hey, you know, it's not like we haven't missed a few guys, right? Like, let's be honest. But but so. that, that road trip isn't looking quite as daunting, maybe, as it could have been. Although, you know, give them credit tonight. They, they, beat, they, they beat Philly. And beat almost made a whole uh, full-court shot, though. Did you see that? I know no. you were a little busy. But do yourself, find, do yourself a favor. Find that video on Twitter. Oh. Okay. Well, give Phoenix credit. They're winning the games they got to win. Yep. Let's see what they can do. All right, guys. Thank you very much. See you. 112 to 89 is your final. Jazz beat the Rockets. We're breaking it down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. 
Jazz beat the Rockets tonight, 112-289. A game the Jazz won going away, pulled their starters. Uh, Jazz had, let's see, six players in double figures tonight, led by Jordan Clarkson, who had 22 points. Uh, we were just talking off the air. Uh, this was not the most entertaining game uh, that we've uh, done a post-game show for this year there, Coach. No, it wasn't. It was. Uh, it really was kind of a, I would call it a dot-to-dot game, man. You you go from A to B, you you get there as quickly as possible, and you hope that the lead doesn't break. You <laughs> want to disconnect it and get out. Which is which is essentially what they did. The, the Rockets really had a lot of trouble scoring the basketball after the first quarter. And really, they only had 27 points in the first quarter, so it's not like they were shooting the lights out then either. But then in the second, actually, in the second and third quarters, they scored a total of 36 points. They got 26 points in the fourth quarter, but by that time, uh, the second units were on, and those tend to skew things a little bit. And the Jazz still won going away. Just a, a real quick uh, plus-minus stat to give you a, a kind of an idea of what happened when uh, the game was actually you know, being played by the the players, the main players in this one. Uh, Mike Conley was a plus 46 tonight, and Rudy was plus 44. It's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that is such a, and, and I'm going to say this. Such a I, wild number. I mean, you, you've you made mention of it. Gobert is just so consistently good. You know, he Every never night. just goes out there and has a night where he just mails it in, ever. And, uh, you know, and, and then Conley tonight, I felt like Conley had a little, I told this, told this to you uh, as we were watching the game, but he had a little bounce in his step tonight. Um, looked really, really fresh. Right from the very first play, he he got a steal, you know, ran through a couple balls. Um, he had intentions of dunking that one, but he just couldn't control it and kind of laughed with the bench. But those two guys, man, it's uh, there's something there that is just really, really good, the synergy between those guys and what they do to the team. Yeah, it's, you know, they're, they've developed a, a relationship together. And I, I'm with you on Conley. Even though he didn't shoot the ball well tonight, 4 of 12, 1 of 6 from 3 at 11 points, he had 13 assists and five rebounds, two steals, as you mentioned, just active. And and I thought he played John Wall real tough, too, by the way. And I, I think it goes back to the hair. I mean, he lets it flow. He lets it flow. Which I like. Plays well. Yeah, he plays well when it flows. <laughs> For the Rockets, John Wall led the way with 21 points, but it took him 19 shots. He was 8 of 19. He also had six assists. Uh, Brooks had six points to go along with uh, 11 rebounds. Uh, Christian Wood, who I think is a fine young player, uh, he wasn't all that effective tonight. 16 points, eight boards on six of 12 shooting, but just not a lot. Oh, Lennox had 10, but uh, man, he had 10 at half, didn't he? So, I mean, it just this this Rockets team—they're just not going to win a whole lot of basketball games. I mean, there's there's a reason they have the worst uh, record in the league. They're in a a transition from a franchise standpoint, and they just don't have they don't have a lot of offensive firepower. They just don't. And and honestly, to the Jazz credit, those games are so hard to play. Um, you know, we, we played preseason games uh, against teams. They're called guarantee games. We buy the game. We bring them in. You know, the whole thing's set up for us to just run through a couple of opponents early to get our rhythm, and that's kind of what this game felt like. Um, but it's hard to look good in those games, but unless your mindset's absolutely dialed in and right. And the, the Jazz mindset from the start was, was terrific. I mean, they hold uh, a defense. They, they pitch a defensive rating of an 88.1 tonight. Mm. Um, just absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, again, the ball movement with this this last couple games has been, uh, you know, reminiscent of earlier in the season, and that's that means good things for this team. All right, your final, the Jazz beat the Rockets uh, 112-89. They moved to 44-15 and 15 on the season. 
Uh, next up for the Utah Jazz, they take on the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday night. That game tips at 7. So for those of you, uh, uh, our network stations, we will say goodnight. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have post-game sound, and we'll continue to break this one down next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight Jazz beat the Rockets 112 to 89. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, will get you some post game sound coming up here momentarily. Uh, but the Jazz tonight, Tim, um, made light work of the Houston Rockets. I'm trying to put that nicely. Light work. I thought that was actually very nice. Okay. Um, and we were just talking about. How good! How nice both of us are off the air. Uh, we're we try to be ourselves anyway. on the back. We're trying to be good people. Uh, no, but I, I think that's uh, that's well put. I, again, I I don't want to overstate it, but you know the, the objective is to win. These games uh, we're down to thirteen now, and uh, Phoenix keeps winning too, and we're just trying to keep pace. Um, but I'm going to go back to what Quinn said. You know, it's it's now about how we do it. Um, you know, and I feel like this team is really starting to kind of crescendo again. Um, you know, they're playing without a, a absolutely vital piece for them to do what they want to do long term. But meanwhile, you see guys like Bojan's getting getting back into a rhythm. Uh, Mike Conley's back and playing, you know, loose. Joe Ingles is on a tear right now. Rudy, like we talked about, has just been terrific. Jo- uh, George Niang's found himself a little bit. Uh, Royce O'Neal's feeling better about things. So those are all real good things trending toward, um, you know, 13 games from now in the playoffs. This is my this might be a little hot takeish, so so brace yourself. But I, I've been kind of batting around in my mind that maybe this isn't the worst time for Donovan to be injured. Now that uh, I mean, no injuries, good. So don't get me wrong. But you know, the schedule's a, a little bit lighter. Maybe combine it with a little rest if he you know comes back in time to get a few games under his belt before the playoffs. I think that's a good thing. But you know, there was a stretch there where the team was really leaning on Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he was having those special performances of forty-point games, things like that, where Donovan was really carrying the team. Maybe this is a situation where Donovan not being there almost forces the rest of the cast characters to kind of get back to what made them successful in the first part of the year. And then you mix Donovan back into that and you hope you're off to the races, but maybe it, it puts a little spotlight on some other guys to get their games going. Kind of like you're alluding to there. Yeah. And not having to do it contrived, you know, it it actually happened. Uh, Thank God. It's a, it's not a a serious injury, but one that, uh, you know, he, he just needs rest and, and a little bit of rehab, but I, I think it is, it's it's a great point. And, uh, naturally, it happens by these guys bonding together, much like we saw um, when the Jazz made the trip uh, and had the mishap with the plane. Right. And Donovan didn't make the trip, and, and they ended up having a really great team win. So there are things that can be done even without Donovan that will definitely yield positive things down down the road. And I think we saw a lot of that tonight. And and really give, you know, maybe we should start tonight's conversation really with Joe Ingles and just how he's taken his game. Um, totally to the next level. I mean, it's not only the shooting. Six of ten from three tonight is incredible. Seven eleven from the field. Uh, but he's dishing the ball. He had four assists, six rebounds. You know, stepping in and out of the starting lineup, no problem. I mean, has just really found his comfort zone. Uh, uh, something you and I have talked about. I can't remember if we talked about it much on the air, but certainly off of it. That Joe has added the off the bounce and the step back three to his game, which he's shooting with an incredible amount of confidence. He had he had one tonight where he was all the way in the lane, backed it out quick, shot it, and made it. I mean, just stuff that a couple of years ago 
we just wouldn't see from Joe. He was the J- David make jo- made jokes about it a little bit tonight that he had to be the open player to shoot the ball, and that of course was true. But it was never an off the bounce sort of thing either. He's always been a good pick and roll player, but was never really that threat to pull up and shoot it. And he, somebody in his thirties adding this stuff to his game. I mean, we shouldn't doubt it from Joe because he's always added stuff to his game. But it's made him deadly, man. It's it's made him a, a real force to be reckoned with. Well, he can make all of those plays, so you can't just sit on the fact that he's a shooter because he'll go by you, uh, and then you can't just you know attack him as a as a scorer because then he'll pick you apart passing. It's the three level thing we talk about all the time. It's what every player. It's kind of that Nirvana spot in your career where you can be an asset with every single thing you do on the floor. Uh, and Joe's kind of found that comfort level. The fact that he is. His effective field goal percentage is over 70% just blows <laughs> my mind. Just makes you laugh. I mean, you that. see that, you know, w- with certain guys, but majority of those guys are big guys. They're shooting everything right around the rim. I mean, this is, uh, when you look at Stephen Curry, I mean, the, the, the run he's been on, his effective field goal percentage is only 624 Wow. So that kind of puts into respect of what Joe's doing. And he's just got that quick release. And, and again, getting back to the confidence, I mean, he's just terrific. Jordan Clarkson has found his swag again a little bit. 22 coming in off the bench, five boards and an assist if that wrist is still bothering him. Uh, it, it certainly didn't show tonight. And then, yeah, uh, it all comes back to Rudy, right? 19 points, 18 rebounds tonight, two block shots for Rudy, 9 of 12, and he's just consistently awesome. There's nothing – I mean, we could we could have a take about Rudy and just replay it every postgame because he's good every single night. And, and the thing I love about him is, you know, we've talked about this with guys like Simmons, right, who just always does what he, what he does well and never really has expanded much outside that. Rudy's about – he's about pushing the envelope. You know, he's about finishing differently – uh, you know, finishing with finesse when he has to now, uh, finish, finishing with force when he has to. Um, his hands seem to be getting better. He had a, a ball tonight he bobbled, but quickly found down by his feet and went up and dunked it. Um, just progress. And uh, I think the key to it all is his mindset and the fact that he doesn't ever take a night off. He, he comes out and you get his great effort every night. Let's get some post-game sound rolling. Let's go uh, back to Houston and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Hi, coach. We'll get started with a question from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, coach, what did this one show you about your team's mental readiness uh, to come in and take care of business like you guys did tonight? Well, you know, I think we've got a team that, you know, for the most part is, is focused. Um, there's always certain games in a 72 game season or, um, where that gets challenged. Um, but I thought tonight, you know, the way that we began the game and we continued to play that way, um, saw the ball move. And one of the biggest things was, you know, us getting back in transition. And, you know, we did a pretty good job of that, particularly early. And you know, when we can do that, make people play against us in half court, that's obviously a big deal for us. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, Mike and Rudy lead the NBA in plus minus. They had big plus minus numbers tonight. What is it about that combination of those two guys on the floor together that's led them to outscore opponents as much as they have? Well, it starts with the fact that they're both really good players. Um, and I think... You know, one of the things going back to last year that, you know, I've mentioned a number of times is 
it takes time for guys to find synergy playing. And we mentioned that with, you know, Mike, when he was playing in Memphis, um, you know, playing with Mark, who's a great player, um, but a different player than Rudy. And those guys getting, getting, you know, finding that continuity together. And I think the more they've played together, they get, you know, they get to know each other and, um, you know, you enjoy playing with someone like that, that they're making plays for each other. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Coach, what, what do you want to see from, from Bojan? Just, you know, just overall about his process going into last uh, few games of the regular season and, and, and the playoffs? I want to see him do just what he did tonight. You know, I, I want to see him be aggressive with a shot. He's 6'8". And, you know, even if it's contested, you know, there's there's times when he can get that shot off. And there's other times when, you know, he'll shot fake and make a read. You know, I think as he as he attacks the basket, um, he's capable of of making plays. And the more he continues to get in there and make reads about whether he's going to finish or whether he's going to kick it out, um, I think he'll find himself getting to the foul line. Um, but really, the biggest thing that I think he's focused on, um, we can get obsessed about offense, and that's what we talk about the most. And you know, Royce had 14 rebounds tonight. You know, I saw Boyan mixing it up on the boards and that that's going to be one of the biggest things for our team going into the playoffs. He's going to take shots. He's going to make shots. Um, some nights he's going to make more than others, but the things that he needs to do to help our team win um, are the things that he did tonight where he was aggressive on the defensive glass and getting hits and, and keeping his man or other people off, off the defensive boards. And when we can do that and we can get out and transition and run, you know, good things happen for all of us offensively. Dana Green, ABC4. Quinn, when games that kind of get out of hand like this, um, do you have a target score, target time of the game where time to take the, the regulars out and give the younger guys uh, a run? Or is it just kind of a feel game to game? Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, you have all, you know, there, there's math that tells you about win probabilities. Um, but what those things don't take into account is particular lineups, um, who you're playing, um, who's in the game for the other team. Um, you know, you can win a game, you can be, you know, up 20 and win a game by four points. Um, you still win the game. Um, but at the same time, the, the game feels different. So we want to give our young guys a chance to play. I think it's important for them. You know, if we can get them some sort of continuity where they're playing more than just a few minutes at the end of the game, we want to do that. Um, you know, it's good for them from an experience standpoint. And you also, you know, you also want guys to play with other players that are in rotation. So, um, you know, kind of clearing the bench, so to speak, oftentimes isn't the best way to get those guys experience because when you do need them, you know, by and large, they're going to be in. Um, with other rotational players. So having the opportunity to, you know, have those guys get those types of minutes, I think is as much as important as, as the minutes themselves, you know, although um, that's important. And you're, you're always conscious of, of the obvious, you know, which is rest and health. Um, but oftentimes those are things that, you know, from a probability standpoint, um, you don't have um, control over. And it's always, you um, 
unfortunate when you know, certain things happen at various points in the game and you're aware of that. Um, but, but as you said, by and large, it's, you know, it's feel, but it's feel that's dictated by, you know, a collection of factors. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, Joe always tells us he doesn't care whether he comes off the bench or whether he starts, but in these games where he has filled in for Don or Mike or whoever, is there anything functionally different about his game or is his increased production just purely the result of him getting some extra minutes? Um, you know, dating back to last year, I don't, I think Joe is consistent in what he said about that. I, I, I think the way that it was talked about was very different, um, because of the way that he started the year. If he's shooting 49% from the three point line, um, you know, that's a good thing. And I think part of that is, you know, Joe's fresh right now and some of it's dictated with matchups. You know, I, I think when he does come in the game, you know, sometimes if your your minutes are less limited um, or more limited, I should say, you know, you, you have less of a tendency to pace yourself. Um, but I don't think right now, Joe, coming off the bench or, or starting is really dictating how he's playing. He's playing a certain way. Um, and, and regardless of, you know, whether he's starting or finishing, um, or playing in the middle of the game, but a lot of those things have to do with combinations. Um, and I just, I just want him to play a certain way. And that's the way that he's been playing. You know, oftentimes when Joe's the most effective is, is when he's really focused on his defense. And there's been a lot of times and he'll tell you more than anybody where, you know, people have been telling him to shoot and it's easier said than done um, because we're not out there and, you know, you don't have someone flying at you, but, I think his aggressiveness shooting the ball um, has been consistent in, in either respect. But um, to your point, any time that, you know, certain players are out, be it Donovan or Mike or, you know, Fave, JC was out for a few games that, you know, guys feel that and they understand that, you know, oftentimes their productivity, um, you know, they need to be more aggressive because those are shots. It just comes down to usage. Um, but Joe can have a great game, you know, and take 10 shots and have eight assists. He can have a great game and, you know, take 15 shots and have four assists. I, I think the thing that he's done the best is really he, he's been able to adjust to those situations, not just starting or coming off the bench. I think that's, you know, that that's an oversimplification of the situation for Joe. Um, I'm not saying that that isn't real because I, I definitely think it is. Um, but part of his maturity as a player has been his ability to, to do both those things and, and play the same way, just to, to have it dictated by the game. Last question, Sarah Todd, Desert News. Quinn, you mentioned Boyan keeping his guys off the glass. Um, and we see Jordan do that a lot too, boxing out really hard, even though he might not be getting the board. How important is it for, you know, both of those guys, even though they might not like reap the rewards of it, but to be able to get out and run? It, it's huge. You know, I, I don't think we can underestimate it, particularly when Rudy's contesting shots. Um, usually there's somebody under the glass that's bigger than us. And our ability to recognize those situations very quickly um, and not get pushed under the boards. You know, for us, sometimes that takes two guys 
Um, someone's got to, you know, block them out from the front and someone's got to wedge them from the back. And, you know, that's just a mindset that we need. And, you know, particularly some of the rebounds that maybe aren't as obvious that, that get tipped um, and someone else comes up with it, that, that type of kind of gang rebounding mentality is, is crucial to, you know, our success as a team. Thank you, coach. Safe travels back to Salt Lake. There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as his team came away with a win. 112-89 covered a number of interesting things. Uh, talked about uh, Bogdanovich on the rebounds when he didn't have any tonight, but uh, doing a good job boxing out. <laughs> I thought his uh, his thoughts on, on Joe Ingles, though, uh, were very good on why he's playing so well. Yeah, it's a, it's a mindset thing. I think Joe's really gotten comfortable with the role he's in and, and really actually just he's just playing basketball. You know, he's trusting his instinct. I think maybe his best asset beyond his, his shooting touches, his instinct and his his knowledge of the game. Um, I think he, he does a great job of just making the play that's there. And uh, so it's, it's really fun to watch Joe shoot the ball so well but have such a positive contribution uh, offensively as well. Uh, interesting, Quinn talked about pulling starters. You know, that's always kind of a yeah. thing we talk about. Uh, I, can t- I can promise you this. I don't want to delve into this too deep, but you, you, when you're on the bench coaching and you see the scores 30, it feels like about 10. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it feels different down there, and it's always, uh, like Quinn said, I think it's a, it's a feel thing. Um, you have to understand what's going on in the game, who's playing, I think tonight they were safe. Yeah. Well, they, it was funny, and I wish I could, rem- I, I could remember all the details of this game, but there was one game where the Jazz gave up a monstrous lead to the Denver Nuggets in like a minute or something like that. It was a, it, it was a historic collapse. It, it might have been the biggest collapse in NBA history for a while, if not still. But anyway, it was one game. It was the Jazz against Denver, and I can't exactly remember the parameters, but every time that Jerry Sloan would get a question like that, about, hey, why didn't you pull your guys? He would bring up that game every single time. People would be like, well, you were up uh, 15, coach, with four minutes to go. Why didn't you pull your guys? Well, let me tell you about this game in Denver. When they did this and this and that, it was kind of funny. But just to illustrate what you're talking about, you know, the co- what did Coach Snyder say there? A 20-point t- lead can go to four in a snap of a finger. And so he's going to make sure that doesn't happen. Coach Rose used to say to me all the time, he'd say, you stay around this game long enough, you'll see a little bit of everything. And that's the stuff that gets you, that keeps you up at night, you know, because, again, you, you see a, a scoreboard and you're up huge and you're, you're kind of trying to figure out what can go wrong. Um, so interesting co- question there, and I thought Quinn's answer was, was uh, right on the money. All right, let's get into your uh, sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Uh, tonight, the Utah Jazz shot 45.6% from the field, 37% from three, 17 of 46. They were led by Jordan Clarkson's 22 points. Joe Ingles had 21, six rebounds and four assists. Rudy Gobert, 19 points, 18 rebounds, two blocked shots. Bogdanovich with 14. George Niang with 13 coming in off the bench. Mike Conley with 11 to go along with 13 assists for the Houston Rockets. They shot 35.4% from the field, 10 of 49 for th- from three, 20.4% uh, from three. They were led by John Wall, who had 21 points, Christian Wood with 16. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Your final from Houston. Jazz beat the Rockets 112 to 89. We'll break it down more, have more sound for you coming up next, right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final Jazz beat the Rockets 112-289. Let's get a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do live tonight. Points in the paint. Jazz outscored by the Rockets 42-38. to Go figure. Go figure. Go figure. They I would have win thought that battle. That, That's yeah. good. I thought the the Jazz would have had more points in the paint than uh, than the a Rockets. A lot of threes tonight. tonight. Yeah, uh, more so in the first half. Certainly, the right. Jazz ended the night. Good a time as any to do the three point takeover. Uh, sponsored by Mountain Amer- America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than eighty years. Tonight, the Jazz seventeen of forty six from three, thirty seven percent, led by Joe Ingles, who was six of ten. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was four of nine. Uh, George Niang, three of five coming off the bench. Uh, Bogdanovich, three of eight. Conley, one of six. So there's your three-point makes tonight. Did I miss one? Nope. We got everybody in there. So 17 of 46, 37%. Not the, not the best performance from the Jazz from three. They shot much better in the first half. But really, by the second half, the game was essentially over in the third quarter. And a lot of a lot of sub time there, right? Guys got some uh, some run this, the second unit. So um, the Jazz, though, uh, they shot the ball well enough, and they shot it in the guts of the game well enough. I think at halftime they were forty four percent from three. So um, it's just nice to see. More importantly, the ball moved to those shots. That's, I think that's the thing that's most exciting. Yeah, and and the movement tonight was great. I mean, the Jazz really ran their offense at will, and maybe that's not a surprise because uh, the Rockets aren't the best defensive team uh, in the league, certainly far from it. They've got some work to do there, but, um, you know, they've got some veteran defenders, and, and the Jazz got what they wanted shooting, or at least that's how it seemed to me. A major difference from the other game we saw, right? The other game the, the Jazz played against the Rockets here, Jazz got down. It actually was kind of a game for a, a long time, yeah. and Jazz ended up p- pulling away, but this one was never in doubt. Nope, it was not. All right, let's get some player sound going. Let's go back to Houston and hear from Joe Ingles. Hey, Joe. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, I can. I'm trying to figure out how to change my background so I can have something cool. <laughs> All right, while you do that, we'll get started with Tony Jones, the athletic. Hey, Joe. Um what, um, you know, how important for, for you guys, if you guys are going to get to where you want to go, how important, you know, is Bojan's um, process going to be uh, just heading down the stretch and, and heading into the playoffs? Um, I missed the middle part of that. You said uh, how important is it going to be? If you guys are going to get to where you want to go, you know, which is your ultimate goal, how important is Bojan going to be to you guys and what you guys do uh, collectively as a team? Oh, that's the part I miss, boy. Um, yeah, I mean, extremely important. Um, it's, he's obviously a massive part of our team um, and what he does and what he brings to our group. Um, I think, like, f- for all of us, the most frustrating part is when he's not shooting it. We, <laughs> we all want him to shoot it probably more than he wants to shoot it um, at, at times. So um, I think for all of us, we, we're figuring out different things along the way. Um he had that kind of one little rough patch where, where he wasn't making some shots. And I think the the hesitation he had almost was, was probably more frustrating for us. Cause we, like I said, we want him to shoot the ball. We want him to be aggressive. Um, when he's pulling that, that three in transition where we can get a kick ahead and stuff like that. It's, it's a really good shot for him, but it's a really good shot for our team as well. So, um, 
yeah, we need him to be aggressive um, on both ends of the floor. Um, and I think more re- obviously more recently he's been he's been making those shots. He's he's been getting downhill, um, finishing. I think he even he even attempted a couple of dunks, which was nice. So um, yeah, huge huge part of what we do. And um, yeah, we'll we'll keep him. Uh, I'll make sure he keeps shooting the ball. Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey, Joe. Um, according to Vegas, you and Jordan have the best two odds for sixth man of the year. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And have you, how have you guys kind of helped each other elevate each other's game this season? If it's got anything to do with Vegas and JC, I think he's got a good chance of winning it because uh, that's a good combination, those two. Um, I've never in my life... Um, Definitely not the last couple of years coming off the bench. Um, honestly, thought about it. Um, it's yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he does. I don't think he. I don't. I mean, we've never honestly had a conversation about it or talked about it. He's never talked about it. Um, uh, at least not in front of our our group or anything. Um, obviously, if you're you're leading the race for it, there's probably people telling you that. Um, but I don't think it. I mean, I can tell you it doesn't affect me or, or my thought going into a game. I would, I would be pretty confident saying the same thing for JC. And um, I mean, we take, I, I said it the other the day or week or so to someone else that we, I mean, we take pride in our roles coming off the bench. I, I think um, he's done it, I think more or less his whole career. I think he said he started one year in LA, maybe a, a little bit there, but but his whole career has been that. Mine's been a bit of both. Everywhere I've played, I've, um, kind of mixed in and out. Um, but, but we take pride in what we bring off the bench for, for this group and for this team. I think um, Fave and I coming in at that kind of seven, eight minute mark, whenever it is, take pride in that. And, and we know when JC's coming in, we're going to get him going. And um, I think we play well together. I think we help each other. I think we kind of complement each other well. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun out there playing with him. Um, I used to actually like think he was hilarious to watch when I played against him, just this, this, how aggressive he is. And um, he's just always kind of always, regardless of who's out there, how he's shooting, if he's shooting really well, if he's over 10, he, he plays the same way. And um, it's, uh, it's an honor to be teammates with him. I, uh, he's a hell of a teammate. I told you that you guys should try and spend a weekend with him. He's a hell of a dude. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Joe, does having, does knowing that your leading scorer in Donovan is going to be out for a week, does that change how anyone approaches the game in terms of maybe I need to be a little more aggressive taking shots or maybe I need to, you know, make sure that I'm looking to set up somebody else? Is is there any kind of tangible impact just in terms of how you guys approach the game plan knowing that he's out? Um, not, not really. Uh, I feel like, I, don't know, I mean, I... I'm confident saying it. We 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 try and play the same way every night, regardless of who's in and out. I think, um, obviously, with a, a guy of Donovan's talent and and how important to our team is, we we obviously miss him out there. Um, we've we've done a, a good job this this trip of of obviously just kind of picking up the pieces a little bit. He's a like I said, he's a he's a massive part of what we do. There's no underlying or, or trying to get around that, and we're going to obviously. Um, welcome him back <laughs> with uh, with open arms, but um, yeah, I think it's just a, everyone realizes what what he brings to our team and what he does for our team. Um, 
so we all know we've we've got to kind of step up. I don't think it's no one's sitting there saying, hey, it's on Mike or it's on JC or it's on me or whoever, um, whatever name you want to throw out there. We, we all know as a collective group. Um, and we've been through, I mean, a lot in my career here at the Jazz, but the last couple of years with, um, with with different guys, Mike last year a little bit, Boyan in the bubble. I missed a few games early on in the year. We've, we've all missed games at some point and we have kind of kind of figure it out a little bit along the way. Obviously, like I said, Donovan's such a, a big part of our group that you've um, a little bit, we've got to kind of figure it out on, on the fly because he doesn't miss many games at all. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a collective effort. I think our team takes pride in, um, I don't know what anyone said or what you guys said, or if there was a chance that we weren't going to win games or it was going to be tougher, but we take pride in someone stepping, like someone's out and, and we have to um, kind of all step up and, and play better. So, um, yeah, can't wait to have him back. Means I get to play three or four extra less minutes. Stay fresh. Last question, Dana Green, ABC4. Joe, uh, Mike Yeah, and I don't have to do media. That's the best part. When Donovan's back, I don't have to do this. <laughs> well, one more for you. Uh, Mike was a plus 46. Rudy was a plus 44. You were only a plus 15. Does that show how meaningless that stat is or, or what happened there? I think they play harder when I'm out there. They told me that they try and get the plus minus up when I'm out. So I look bad, um, which is incredibly selfish of our guys. But um, oh, I, like, if you want my real honest opinion, I really couldn't give a enter word of choice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, you know, I mean, it, it obviously shows the impact those guys have on the game. I think there's no question in, oh, I don't know if it's a pointless stat or not. Like uh, that's for the Twitter world to uh, have a conversation about, but yeah, I mean, it, if you tell me something like that, it, man, the number that that is, that's pretty ridiculously high number. So um, it shows the impact those guys have um, for sure. It's, if you said plus 10 or 15 or whatever it is, I think that's just kind of, that's the number you usually see, give or take. Um, but if you're in the 40s, that's, that's pretty impressive. So um, I don't know who or if anyone looks at that or people, I don't know, is it a real, is, do people really take that to, you guys know more than I do. If someone's probably written an article on it, I know Andy's written some silly article on bloody plus minus or something. Um, no, I don't, I, I don't know. It doesn't, I couldn't care. Like if, we, if we win the game and I'm minus whatever, like as long as we win, I'm, I'm cool. So uh, like I said, I think it shows the impact those guys have for, for sure. Um, I couldn't care less about mine, but if they did talk about trying to keep mine down, then that's really selfish of them. All right. That's it. Thank you, Joe. There you go. Joe Ingles giving his true opinion on the plus minus stat. Uh, he, he thinks it's uh, being done to him on purpose, coach. He can almost do a one-man show. He could. You know how they just used to send somebody out there and go put on a show tell for a their couple story. hours. He's pretty good. Yeah, I, I like listening to him talk the game. Uh, very insightful, very honest. Uh, I will say I've never been a plus-minus guy myself, but what Conley and Gobert do on the regular – is pretty staggering to me, even, you know. Well, plus 44 and plus 46 I mean, it's just, is just amazing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but, I mean, there's so many other factors that make the plus-minus stat, at least on a game-by-game -game basis, somewhat irrelevant. I mean, what, who are you playing against? Who are you playing with? What point in the game? I mean, it just – Right. It, it 
there's so many factors that go into it to don't make it clear. But when you see numbers like that, and even Joe alluded to it, he said, you know, that's that's pretty ridiculous. What I thought uh, was really interesting, Joe talked about was, you know, with, without Donovan in the lineup, what they do, how they play doesn't really change. I mean, because, you know, your your average Joe like myself that doesn't have the, uh, you know, sophisticated basketball mind that somebody like you do, uh, Tim, you know, thinks just like I think it was Eric who asked him the question, like, wow, you guys must really have to adjust without Donovan. And uh, his answer was, no, we're, we're doing the same stuff. I may play a few extra minutes and have to do media after the game, but we're, we, we pride ourselves in playing the same way regardless of, of who's available. And I've seen that throughout the year, uh, whether it's Mike that's out or Joe. or they've, they've missed some big guys, but you see them play the same. They run the same sets. Uh, the expectation is the same. Uh, they really do space the floor. You know, we talk about corners, uh, deep uh, you know, angles, you know, free throw line extended and then somebody at the top. And those positions are always filled. There's typically some sort of screening action and guys spaced away from the ball. And, um, you know, the ball is driven and freely moves around. I think that's a fair statement. I, I, I have not seen any deviation based on personnel. Let's get some more sound. Let's go back to Houston and hear from Mike Conley. All right. We'll get started with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Uh, hey, Mike, uh, I want to talk just about the plus and minus with you and Rudy tonight. I think 44 and then 46. I mean, Coach Quinn Snyder just credited, number one, how good you guys are, uh, but also, number two, the continuity. Um, where is that continuity at? How would you best describe that? What is that synergy like on the court together now compared to you know what it once was? Well, um, you know, I think we've learned each other's games uh, so well over the time we've had over the last year and a half. And, um, you know, with me getting a little bit more comfortable uh, in the offense and, um, and defensively to quite frankly, you know, me being able to, to, you know, give a little bit more on that end. I think he really enjoys that. And it, it kind of gets him going on the offensive end. It gets him running harder, uh, gets him setting harder screens and rolling, knowing that, um, you know, I'm looking to make a play. I'm looking for him every time I come down. I'm looking to throw the lob. I'm looking for guys in the corner. So, you know, he just he just really feeds well off of, um, you know, just, just the unselfish nature that we have together. Dana Green, ABC4. Mike, what is this uh, team learning about itself w playing without Donovan, winning without Donovan these last two games and playing really well these last two games? You know, well, you know, obviously with Donovan out, um, we're going to rely on a lot of a lot of different guys, you know, new faces, new roles. Um, you know, offense is going to be running a little differently. Defense is going to run a little differently. So um, we're just learning that we're, you know, we're a deep team. And we're able to be resilient through, you know, any highs and lows, through injuries, through um, guys with, you know, extended minutes, um, guys in, in new, new roles, new positions. So um, just just proud of the way we've been able to, you know, continue to be aggressive, continue to keep our mindset defensively, um, knowing that we're getting, we're missing our, our main guy. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Mike, along those lines, pretty much anytime anyone from the backward has been out this year, whether it's you or Don or uh, JC missing those few games, we've seen Joe kind of have to step up his role a little bit. Um, what have you seen out of him? Does his approach change at all in terms of being more aggressive or is it just kind of him doing the same old thing and just having more minutes to do it in you know I, I was joking with Joe the other day that 
he, you know, when I'm out the game and, and I'm not playing, he goes for 30 and 40 points and has these phenomenal shooting nights and just looks all world. And when I come back, he doesn't shoot it at all. So um, we made it a point the last few games that now that we're playing together to make sure that he continues to stay aggressive regardless of who's on the court. And um, he's just done a great job of finding his spots. I mean, he's shooting the ball so well and so confident when he does. And, uh, you know, he has all the confidence of, of every one of us, his teammates to go out there and make plays. And he's fun to watch, honestly. So um, just, just, just fun to be a part of uh, the journey with him. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Mike, you're not really a huge assist guy, kind of historically throughout your career, but you have like 50 over your last four games. What are you seeing differently that's allowing for that? Um, you know, I've never really been a part of a team like this in my career. So uh, this is a unique situation. I think guys are shooting the ball so well. There's a lot of space uh, with Rudy setting screens and rolling. Um, I've got a lot of options. And you know, I think it's different, obviously, with Donovan out. Uh, you know, I just have the ball a little bit more. So uh, I'm able to just, you know, kind of dissect and, and play the game and, you know, be the man I know I can be. And, um, and that's the credit to our team. And, coaching staff and the system. So I'm just, you know, just trying to play within that game. Okay. That's all the time we have with you. Thank you. All right. There you go. Mike Conley. Um, and, and I thought I'm with you coach. I thought Mike had a little extra bounce today. Um, didn't shoot. They didn't have his best shooting game, but the 13 assists and he was talking about that a little bit after and, and just how he's really become comfortable with this system and has figured out a way for him to thrive within it. I, I think it is such a tremendous amount of credit goes to him just to, adapt and fit in with a different squad when you're Mike Conley, you're a legend, you know, it would be so easy for him uh, to come into this jazz roster and say, okay, guys, I'm, I'm Mike Conley. This is, you're going to play my way because the way I've done it forever is really, really good. And I've had a lot of success and you guys are young. So, you know, listen up and you might learn something. And that was never uh, his attitude coming into this team last year. There were some growing pains and those sorts of things, but it was about him adjusting and figured out, figure out the best way he can maximize the team. And I, I admire him for that. I think it's I think it's awesome how he's adjusted to really thrive within this jazz team and what they're doing. And we talked about the style and style so different than anything he's ever played. Um, you know, he was a high usage rate guy. The ball was always in his hands and he was the guy who was scoring or making decisions. Um, you know, and it makes sense that, you know, Donovan's not playing right now. So by virtue, he's going to get more opportunities, have the ball in his hands more, and have to make more decisions. Um, and the proven fact is he makes good decisions. Um, he, he's a great scorer. Again, he didn't shoot the ball great tonight, but 13 assists. And I just like the way he moved. I mean, you know, you, as a coach, you sit and watch the guys and the way they come out. And I thought from the very beginning he had just a little extra something, um, was really active defensively. And, and I think that's the, that's the component of his game that, uh, has been really impressive to me and kind of goes with that plus minus conversation is, um, you know, he, he and Gobert are huge in that pick and roll together defensively. They're very good. He's, he's got great active hands and he makes things difficult for the defender. I thought he got after John Wall pretty good tonight. He did. You know, he, you, you said, man, how many times have they battled right through their career? Um, it, it's probably uh, a ton of games and um, you could tell he had a little extra something for the game tonight Two veterans. His defense has really been impressive uh, this year. I, that was one part of his game 
you know, that didn't have as much to do with system, even though it did, that we saw last year. And I, I came away kind of unimpressed defensively. And this year he's been much better. And maybe it is a system because he's talked about it over, you know, over helping and that sort of thing that he's had to adjust to his his mindset to having Rudy Gobert behind him. But he's been a really good defensive player this year. I, I think the overhelping thing is a real thing. Yeah. You know, I think uh, y- y- it takes a while. Like I- I've talked about watching Rudy play, you you gain an understanding and appreciation. I would imagine playing with him is the same. Um, you probably early on overcommit or do things because you're used to doing that with the guys you played with before. But Rudy really shores things up to the point where, um, you know, there, there are certain advantages you can take. And I think Mike's really starting to figure those out. I want to remind you about our friends, Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer and the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final 112.89 Jazz beat the Rockets. More sound, more analysis coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz come away with the win tonight, 112 to 89 over the Houston Rockets. Everybody's been waiting for it. Let's get to it. The Master of the Glass brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. We had a neck and neck race at the half. Rudy and Royce O'Neal both had eight rebounds apiece at the half. Rudy added 10 to that total in the second half. He is your master of the glass with 18 rebounds, 15 defensive, three offensive. As usual, Rudy was a monster on the glass, but Royce finished the night with 13. So Royce, of course, uh, did a bunch of damage. Joe had six. Uh, Mike Conley had five boards tonight coming off the uh, coming off the bench. Favors had five. Clarkson had five. George Niang had three. The Jazz as a team out-rebounded Houston 61-50. to So big night on the glass for the Jazz. Quinn talked about gang rebounding again, and he actually kind of added some color to that. You know, guys, and we've talked about how surprisingly good the Jazz have done on the, on the glass. Uh, they do have Gobert, but they're playing beyond that pretty small. And uh, Royce has stepped his game up, but everybody's, everybody's contributing. Um, you know, like they're spacing on offense. There's certain assignments defensively. You know, if you're in the inside position, you block somebody out. And uh, one of those guards kind of sets a wedge um, and kind of pins that the big guy in. So if the ball does get tipped around, you see that happen often. Uh, you'll see the Jazz guys kind of in a group come down with it. And that's, uh, that's a real positive thing um, when you don't have a ton of size. Again, continue. Uh, you know, a lot of people saying this isn't surprising how well they re- they're rebounding. It surprises me. I can't believe it. I mean, Rudy, Rudy's a monster. He's going to be great. But, I mean, Royce at 6'4 is your next best uh, rebounder. Again, another thing Royce doesn't get enough credit for. Everybody concentrates on him making or missing shots, but I mean, being basically a six-four shooting guard and being asked to go out there and and board—it's pretty amazing. Guard the best player and board. Yep. Yeah, he's. Uh, that's a special thing that he's developed. Uh, you know, his his willingness to guard and and do all that that hard stuff. But he's he's taken a step. This is kind of a sub story of the year. Talk about Joe's success shooting it. Um, Royce's ability consistently to go help on the glass, you know, in a big way has been a big story. 
Absolutely. A huge story. Big part of the reason this uh, this team certainly has been successful. Let's get some more post-game sound going. Let's go back to Houston and hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. Hey, Boyan, we'll get started with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Bogey, coach was praising your aggression on the defensive glass. How much has that become more of a focal point for you? That was big time. I ended the game with zero rebounds. So. <laughs> no, no. I was guarding the, the Kelly Linick big guy, so I was trying to box him out so he don't get any, any offensive boards. And then our, our guards and, and, and Rudy did a great job cleaning the glass and, and getting us to early, early transition and an easy points. Tony Jones, the athletic. Boyan, what is your focus individually uh, just on your process going into the stretch run of the regular season and heading into the playoffs? I just got to gotta be ready, try to work more on my, on my shot, on my, on my three points. So when it's, when it's come to the, to the line and in the playoffs to be, be able to, to hit those big shots and then again I didn't have a didn't have a great game but it was easy easy team win so so just be be aggressive especially when, when Donovan is out right now to get my to get my game game back to be ready like I said in the, in the big moments in playoffs. Sarah Todd does right news. Boyan, can you feel that you know the season is winding down? Are you feeling like the playoffs are right around the corner and it's time to you know start thinking about it and preparing for that? I mean, we are still fighting for the for number one spot, so we are we are still far far away from uh, from a playoff. There's a lot of teams that they are they already kind of know where they're gonna end up, and they are kind of more preparing for the playoffs, but we are still still fighting for, for something. So we know that, that the playoffs is around the corner. So the most important for us is, is to stay healthy and get, get Donovan back. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Boyan, knowing that Don is out of the lineup and you know, you're missing a guy who's been one of the hottest scorers in the NBA. Does that change how the rest of you guys kind of approach what you do out there? Does that put any more pressure on you to take shots? Do you see any difference in how Joe or Mike approach the game? No, I thought, I thought it was going to be different, but we are really playing, playing great basketball, moving the ball. Every other day we are ending up like with the five, six players with the same same number of shots. So we are keep playing like we played with the with the Donovan in the lineup, and I think that that's why we are we are playing good basketball and we are successful even even without our best player and our leader out out with injury. Last one follow up from Sarah Todd. Well, yeah, um you know, you mentioned fighting for that number one spot and in years past, you would have known that that would, you know, who maybe would have been in the eight seed or it would have just been a couple teams. But now whether you guys are one or two, it could be four or five, six teams down there because of the play in tournament. Have you given any thought to what you think about the play in or what it, what it might do for you guys trying to prepare for your opponent? I don't know. We can't control who we're going to play, who we're going to play against the, 
playing tournament, all we can control. It's our our game, and, and, and those 45, 48 minutes that we are we are in. I mean, we wanna we wanna lock in in the first place, so we got a we got a home court advantage to the, till the end because we are not here to to get out in the, in, in the first round or second round. We are here to, to win it all, and, and and that's why we are fighting for for that prize. That's it. Thank you, Boyan. Boyan Bogdanovic tonight. Uh, Bogdanovic had 14 points, uh, four assists, uh, finished the night plus 22 in the plus minus. Three of eight from three, four of 13 from the field. And, uh, you know, he's played better as of late. There certainly, you know, talk about the series against Denver last year and those sorts of things. You're going into the playoffs, you need him banging shots. The most encouraging thing to me, if you look at his last 10 games, he's scoring 19 a game. Um, you know, a three-point shot is still below his career mark, so that's the encouraging part is there's still room to improve. But we've seen a definite improvement in his confidence and then his ability to finish, which tells me, you know, that wrist is probably, if not all the way back, really, really close because he's making those plays to the rim and doing a better job of, of taking contact and finishing. But there's still there's still some things there, and, and hopefully he just gets uh, – you know, as these games go on, he just gets more comfortable because he's going to be a big part of the Jazz success in the playoffs, um, you know, with his versatility. All right. Should we get to our stat nuggets tonight, uh, courtesy of Tyson Ewing? Nugget away. All right. Uh, of course, our friend Tyson, um, excuse me, does stats for the television broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ty Ewing 2. That's at T-Y-E-W-I-N-G 2. And uh, he's kind enough to share a few with us for the post game. Here we go. With Rudy Gobert on the floor, the Rockets shot 11 of 47 tonight. That's just 23% from the floor. With him off the floor, the Rockets shot 24 of 52, 46%. Just give, a, just give him the trophy. It's huge. You absolutely should. That's just, an amazing stat. That's stupid. That is, that is something else. If, you ever, if, if Saturday and Monday's Laker games weren't enough proof how valuable Rudy is, that stat, that stat will help. Uh, all right, Rockets scored on 14 to 49 possessions. That's 29%. With Rudy Gobert on the floor with him off, they scored on uh, 23 of 51 possessions, 45%. Mike Conley was a plus 46 tonight. That is the second highest plus minus in Jazz history. Rudy Gobert was uh, a plus 44 tonight. That is tied for the third plus minus in Utah Jazz history. Now, I saw this when, when Tyson ran it on the uh, on the television broadcast, that stat. Do you know who was first? Because this really surprised me. I actually don't. Uh, at 48, a plus 48, Shelvin Mack. Of really? All, of all players. I would have never. And I mean, we could have been here all night. I did not catch the year, but I, I only think Shelvin played for the Jazz for two years. So it couldn't have been. You know, it was one of those two years, but that that really shocked me. Plus, and then uh, plus forty four, the the player tied with Rudy Gobert. This one will surprise you too. How old Neto? Who I guess locked down Steph Curry tonight. I guess so. That tells me that the Jazz were just creaming somebody, and maybe they got in. I don't know. Maybe there was an injury, and they they were in a runaway game. But they have Shelvin Mack be the the leader in plus minus. Maybe that tells you what you need to know about plus minus. Yeah, th that's actually. I think there's something to it, but it's uh, I, I think there's a lot more to it that you don't see. And uh, just certainly the consistency we've seen with the guys and those crazy numbers this year has been uh, that's been the thing we've been pretty astounded by. All right. This is now uh, the Jazz are now, excuse me, 34 and one this season when they have a run of at least 10. Oh, 
And this was the 10th wire-to-wire victory of the season and the first time they've done it in back-to-back games. I like a wire-to-wire. And when you never are behind, that that's a good feeling. That's a very good feeling for as a player, coach, fan, everything. Well, especially, you know, the beginning of games is so fluky. I mean, to really to, to lead from the beginning, not even have like a 4-3 kind of thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely uh, impressive. Uh, here's a good one. This is one that we keep, you know, we have those little stats we keep an eye on. Uh, the Jazz are now 13-0 this season when George Niang scores 10 points or more. Uh, how about that one? So look at Georgie to come in and score 10, and that's the, that's the W right there. Um, Mike Conley now has four straight 10-plus assist games. That is now a career high for most consecutive games with 10 or more assists. That's pretty cool. This is also the longest streak with 10-plus assists in Jazz history since Darren Williams had four in February of 2011. Man, that's a long time. That's a long time. On a, a franchise that had John Stockton, who averaged uh, double-digit assists for several years of his career. Yeah, that was like an every-night thing. Right. To have 10 years go by since you've had that done. Pretty impressive from uh, from Mike Conley. Uh, Jordan Clarkson has now made a three-pointer in 81 consecutive games. It's the seventh-longest streak in NBA history. Tonight was the 10th time this season that Joe Ingles scored 20 or more. His previous high in a season was eight last year. Uh, of course, just more uh, evidence, as Tyson adds in a little aside here, just more evidence he's having a career year, which at his, at his age is really something. No, it is. Because I, I really do think that early in the year, particularly when he was struggling a little bit, you know, I think there were people wondering, man, we, we've got a lot, a lot of money locked up in this dude. And I'll tell you what, he's earned every penny. Yes, he has. There's no doubt. He's He's playing incredibly well. And uh, our last one tonight, Coach Lacombe, tonight was the 13th time this season Royce O'Neal finished with 10 or more rebounds. He had done it just nine times in his career prior to this season. Wow. That's, that's a really, really great thing. Um, I, I'm with you. We, we do focus a lot on him making shots or not. But a lot of things he does to help this team win, whether the shot goes in or not. All right, your final uh, tonight, Jazz beat the Rockets 112-89. They moved to 45-15 and 15 on the season. Want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer and the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get your play of the game. Coming up next, we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one until we uh, before we look ahead to the Timberwolves on Saturday night. That's all coming up straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Ingles again, Ingles again. Joe Ingles is three for four from three, and the Jazz lead by 12. There's our guy, David Locke, with the play of the game for you, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, selection, and sales, LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz win tonight, 112-89 over the Houston Rockets. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. If you're just joining us, a few of the stats, run them down for you. You heard the highlight from Joe Ingles. He finished tonight 6 of 10 from 3, 7-11 from the field. He had 21 points, 6 boards, and 4 assists. Very nice night from Joe. 
Clarkson had 22 coming in off the bench. Rudy with 19 points, 18 rebounds, and two block shots. Just another awesome night from Rudy Gobert. Mike Conley, 11 points, 13 assists. Bogdanovich had 14. George Niang had 13 points coming in off the bench. For Houston, they were led by John Wall, who had 21. Uh, Christian Wood had 16. He had eight rebounds. Uh, Kelly Olenek had 10 points, seven rebounds. But really, uh, you know, this Houston Rockets team is just... They're missing guys. Uh, you know, I think Christian Wood, uh, Coach, before we get your final thoughts, I think Christian Wood is a really nice player. John Wall is John Wall. You know, maybe a little step slower than he used to be. But, you know, they just they just don't have a ton of guys. I mean, you look at uh, Omani uh, Brooks, um, who finished tonight minus 32, by the way, so tough night. But uh, other other guys like uh, like Tate and, heaven forbid, coming in off the bench, I mean, they just they just don't have a ton of firepower. No, it's a hard situation. It's a uh, it's a first uh, first time head coach in that situation, and totally different than what everybody thought this year would be. Um, you know, obviously they uh, started the season with with James Harden on their team, um, but if you look at just their stats from the season, the number of guys that are suited up for them, it's it's near ridiculous. Um, they've had uh, you know twenty seven guys suit up during the season at one time or another. So, um, you know, guys that played in that game here the, uh, against against the Jazz are not even on the roster anymore. So just a, a strange year for the Rockets. But, uh, you know, we're we did the Jazz did exactly what they needed to do tonight. They just they took care of business and they did it in a way that that, bring, you know, you, you see the good things. You see improvement. Um, you know, Joe just continues to fire him in. And Mike was great tonight. Rudy and Mike were were really the story of the game to me. Any any other final thoughts you're taking into the to the uh, the weekend? Well, Saturday's showdown and then Monday's showdown with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So that that series is one. As I look through it, you know, I was trying to maybe predict what the Jazz would go in their last 15. And I, I'm going to tell you, I had a hard time with those two games uh, because I saw what Minnesota did when they came in here, uh, and they have you know a really amazing young player. Um, in Edwards, I think uh, I'm a believer in him. I know, um, you know, whether he wins rookie of the year or not. And, and LaMelo Ball, obviously, has had a great uh, rookie year. Uh, and you've seen some guys. But I, I think Edwards is a real deal. So I believe that that, that series is going to be one that the Jazz are going to have to go out and play two good games to, uh, you know, to win. You know, I haven't uh, interviewed Anthony Edwards and, and aren't that familiar with him, but he seems funny. Did you see his comments yeah. today? Well, well, first of all, when Alex Rodriguez uh, was part of the ownership group that bought the Timberwolves, he said he didn't know who Alex Rodriguez was. And then today he said he hoped A-Rod got back with J-Lo because he wants to see the owner of his team happy. <laughs> I, he, he's had some gems all year long. If you go back and do some some digging he he is he's actually very very candid and funny every in every he seems every, like a character just yeah a, just down to earth i guess he's real well and he's had some athletic plays it's just been amazing i mean the the timberwolves may not be having a terrific year but you know they've got carl anthony towns and and maybe anthony edwards will turn out to be a player he certainly has all the athletic skills i'm telling you he, sure. he's got some jimmy butler in him that's the, that's what he reminds me of as a young hungry Really aggressive, athletic. You know, he's he's got that competitive nature too. I really like him. So it'll be fun to see him up close again. We haven't seen Minnesota since the very beginning of the year when they actually got the Jazz. They did right here. Yeah, uh, well, it was here. You're right. I'm trying to remember. That was back in the like 1500 fans days. Oh, it, it, it's hard to even think back that far. Yeah. 
So much has happened. It's pretty amazing. So much has happened, and there's been progress. But one thing's to remain constant. The Jazz are the best team in the league. Yep. All right, we want to say big thanks to Dave Locke and Ron Boone, calling all the action, doing a fine job as usual. Thanks to John Kiefer, our broadcast assistant tonight, Alex Lundberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Appreciate your work, Lundy. I uh, want to thank Mark Miller Subaru, uh, the official partner of the uh, Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz and uh, sponsor of the post game. Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Coach Lacombe, always a blast. Thank you. And hey, a couple nights off for you, buddy. You too, my friend. Enjoy. All right, 112 to 89 is your final. Jazz beat the Rockets. Up next, they take on the Timberwolves here at Vivint Arena on Saturday night. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 6, and you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.